0: Welcome to The Interview, a thought-provoking podcast, a place to listen and get curious, a platform for the hard conversations where we discuss the human experience and adversity. Somewhere you can come for a laugh, learn something new and connect with people you have never met before. Let me show you that we all have a story and something to say, but most of all, you are not alone. Hello and welcome back to the interview. My name is Tess and I'm your host. Today I want you to meet Megan Harrison. She is a mother, a wife and also a clinical psychologist. Megan works locally here in Ballarat at the Centre of Perinatal Health and Parenting and has kindly agreed to join me today to discuss a very important topic. Birth trauma. Megan specialises in the perinatal space and is also passionate about birth trauma and PND. She is here to help normalise, share, and educate. I just wanted to note a good chunk of these questions have been written by my best friend who has suffered birth trauma. It was really important to me that we ask the right things and have a conversation that is going to be helpful and respectful. So, this episode is for her and any other woman who has experienced something like this. I met Megan many, many years ago through work and I'm so, so grateful that she's agreed to be here today and offered her time. While Welcome,
1: Megan. Thanks for having me, Tess. <laughs> my pleasure. Thank you so much. How are you feeling? Um, I'm a little bit nervous, to be honest. This is my first podcast. Yeah. Um, and first, I guess, interview since being in the perinatal space yeah. as a clin psych. So. We'll see how we go. I'm so excited. Thank you
0: so much for doing this. All right, let's get right into it. Can you tell us about your role and what it entails?
1: Yeah, so like you mentioned, I'm a clinical psychologist and currently based at the Center for Perinatal Health and Parenting. Um it's an absolutely lovely space here in Ballarat and there's a multidisciplinary team. So, I've got an occupational therapist, early parenting consultant, um, massage therapist, child and adolescent psychologist, art therapy, massage, postnatal yoga, prenatal yoga. Wow. Based out in a lovely setting. Got some pet alpacas. Really?
0: Yeah. Whereabouts <laughs> in
1: Ballarat is it? Uh, so, out towards Winter Valley. Beautiful. Um, and it's just a really safe and homely environment. Yeah. Um, really amazing for both staff and clients that come along to receive support in that place Um, and I will support women around both perinatal so antenatal and postnatal mental health difficulties and struggles that may happen through parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as we both know Mm -hmm. (laughs) shifting into the parenting space is a massive life transition and regardless of whether you have a formal mental health diagnosis or not there's definitely support out there if you're struggling in any way.
0: That's good to know. Yeah, I think it's um, hard for women to reach out and get help or even if you don't have, like you said, have that formal diagnosis. I didn't have a formal one but I, I regret not reaching out more and getting that help. Yeah. Do you have that
1: a lot? A hundred percent people yeah. question if um, something is enough to come and see one of us or whether they're worthy enough to be using up a clinical space or an appointment time that maybe someone else is more in need. But um everyone's important. We all have different struggles, different backgrounds and supporting ourselves to be able to support our family and our little ones Mm. is crucial. Absolutely. So what inspired you to study psychology? I feel like this is a really cliche answer but my year 12 psychology teacher was amazing, Uh, Mrs Kelly if she's (laughs) listening Uh, and I thought I'd step into that space When I went to uni, and that I would probably become a teacher, but once I sort of started studying psychology, I just loved it. Really interested in how people's minds work, like helping people, providing care, and getting the best out of ourselves that we can. So I just continued on that route. Wonderful. And how long have you been fully qualified for? I graduated in 2014.
0: So a while now. Yeah. Wow. And what is your favourite part about your job and the hardest part? Two questions in one there.
1: That's a tough one. Ah, there's so many good parts. Um, a really obvious one, I guess, is just seeing clients or people making the small gains and having sort of like those light bulb moments in sessions um, based on something we've spoken about or an intervention that we've done together. Mm-hmm. Um, but more generally, I guess, I just love hearing people's stories um, obviously some of them are really heartbreaking and people go through so much that we never really realise what the people around us are going through and it always amazes me how resilient people are. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty special. And then the hardest thing, uh i guess is i can be a bit of a perfectionist (laughs) as you may remember yes um but i just want to always be able to do more and more for the clients but sometimes uh it isn't possible or it's not in their best interest so i can find it's a bit difficult to rein my enthusiasm in yeah that would be hard to know when to sort of stop like we said we're here to discuss all
0: things birth trauma so let's get into that but before we do do you think having your own child has inspired you to look
1: into birth trauma and perinatal health more than what you would have previously for sure Our journey to have our gorgeous little girl Stevie um, came with its obstacles like many other people go through to get their precious little ones Uh, and after going through that journey I guess that really ignited some passion in me to want to work in the perinatal or fertility space Um, and then when we relocated back to Ballarat in 2020 this opportunity came up at the Centre for Perinatal Health and Parenting and I applied and got the job and uh, it's absolutely amazing it's really given me the chance to follow that passion and support women in such an important area.
0: I think that yeah like you said having those experiences yourself would definitely have made you your passion would have shone through in your interview I'm sure like it just gives you a different understanding. What are some
1: statistics around women who experience birth trauma? So birth trauma is extremely common um, and it occurs in one in three mothers. Wow, I didn't realise it was that Massive. common. Wow. Um, and then I guess there's, it's important to point out that there's a difference between distress and trauma um, versus a formal diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, postnatal depression or postnatal anxiety. They're obviously less common. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one in three. That's huge. I, honestly, a huge chunk of people that I know that
0: have had babies have gone through it and it's like more and more that you speak to it how do you define birth trauma what is birth trauma i know a lot of women question whether it's enough to class as traumatic so how would you define it
1: yeah it's a it's a
0: big question
1: to answer <laughs> um and i guess just before i jump into that i wanted to sort of make note that i'm coming into this space as a clinical psychologist um But I definitely don't know everything Mm -hmm. and there's so much information out there. It's really important to remember that the things I speak about today are not exhaustive. They're not inclusive of everyone. We all have individual experiences different types of symptoms, and if you think in any way, shape or form that you may need some support in your perinatal or parenting journey, Mm. um, whether that's birth trauma or something else, please seek support. Now I'll answer your question. (laughs) Thank you. So the Australasian Birth Trauma Association define birth trauma as a wound, serious injury or damage, which can be physical, psychological or a combination of the both. And then both the mum or birthing person and their partner can be affected by birth trauma. Given that I'm a psychologist, we're gonna focus on mm-hmm. psychological birth trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's often the result of an extreme disconnect between what we're expecting to happen within birth and what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you my favourite sort of definitional quote It's not what happens during childbirth that determines whether the experience was traumatic. It's how a woman feels emotionally during and after the birth. So things like feeling out of control, powerless, confused, abandoned, fearful, unheard or disregarded. Those are feelings that can all come up and impact us and result in birth trauma. Some symptoms of psychological birth trauma can include things like flashbacks of the birth, poor self-image, difficulty sleeping, feeling isolated, irritable, angry, feeling like a failure, feeling guilty... Um, avoiding reminders of the traumatic birth, alcohol or substance use, feeling numb, um, or maybe even a fear of intense fear or horror in reaction to reminders of that really difficult experience. Mm-hmm. So, so many different symptoms mm-hmm. um, that can fit just under that one label of birth trauma, and it just highlights how individual the experience can be.
0: It must be hard to, yeah,
1: differentiate all the different
0: experiences like there's so many things that could be classed as traumatic it's really interesting what are the main contributors to having a traumatic birth
1: so I think it's best to think of the contributors as vulnerabilities um, because we all come through childhood adolescence early adulthood um, with different experiences and we have different vulnerabilities that can make us susceptible to mental health difficulties and I guess in terms of birth trauma specifically during the birth some contributors may be things like your childbirth experience not going to plan uh, having a difficult labor um, lots of people can experience labor complications or they may need intervention such as an assisted delivery or an emergency cesarean Um, if you or your baby uh, suffer birth injury and also things like stillbirth neonatal death Mm -hmm. and premier babies going to NICU Um, and then more generally things like not receiving the care or support you needed at the time of the birth or afterwards, feeling a loss of control during the birth experience, not being listened to or respected, ineffective or limited support from our partner, our family or the health professional, so whoever's there with you during your birthing experience. Fear of safety for mums or for their baby is a big one as well and inadequate or Uh, failed pain relief or refusal for for support around pain relief can also contribute to birth trauma Mm -hmm. and then vulnerabilities in terms of things prior to the birth happening Mm -hmm. uh, can include previous perinatal loss um, so miscarriage stillbirth death of a young baby um, previous trauma so uh, unfortunately, as we know, lots of us may have experienced things like sexual abuse, domestic violence, and also migration-related trauma. Previous mental health problems can make someone vulnerable to birth trauma, so things like anxiety and depression, and a fear of childbirth, so that can also play into anxiety, but that's a real vulnerability factor as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's lots there. Yeah. Um, can sound a bit overwhelming, I think, mm-hmm. and I guess... The main thing that I want to get across is just because you have a vulnerability factor doesn't mean you're definitely going on to have a traumatic birth and maybe you experience one of those things during your birth experience. So, for example, an emergency caesarean can be quite common. Just because you have an emergency C-section doesn't mean you're going to have birth trauma. Right. It's all about the emotional experience of the person that comes with the birth Yeah, that, that makes is sense. what's important.
0: Yeah, And how do you think it can best be prevented?
1: Oh, I wish I had a really great <laughs> answer to this. Um, you know, unfortunately, we can't control lots of things. You know, we can't control our past experiences, obviously. We can't change them. We can receive support around them and work through those types of things. So, it's more around looking at do I have any of those vulnerability factors and is there anything I can do around them? You know, for example, if you've got anxiety or depression, can I link in with a mental health support person? More generally, uh, birth trauma can be prevented with preparation for childbirth, so some antenatal classes, trying to have realistic expectations and keep an open mind, which can be really difficult given the culture that we've sort of grown up in and lots of us can place high expectations on ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, And then having a really strong support network and surrounding yourself with people who are um, really great supports for you can also be a way to help prevent or manage some of those risk factors. Mm -hmm. How do you best prepare for birth, in your opinion, both first-time and subsequent pregnancies? This is another difficult, I guess, I can really only answer this as a clinical psychologist. Um, So it can be a little bit difficult for me to, I guess, think about holistically, which is how I would usually like to work with someone. As we quickly mentioned before, antenatal classes are crucial to prepare for birth. So it's really good to know what your options are and what to expect throughout sort of labour and delivery. Uh, An antenatal class may be included in your obstetric care, whether you're public or private. If you don't feel like that's enough, then there's things like calm birth or hypnobirthing. Speak to your GP, midwife, obstetrician, see what they recommend and where the best place is for you individually to get further information. And consider um, consider the role of your physical health and movement as well in preparation for birth. The one thing that I think is also important is if you do have a fear of childbirth or previous trauma, given that there's some vulnerabilities going into birth, it would be, whether it's your first or subsequent pregnancy, I would really encourage you to seek some support uh, from someone that you feel comfortable with around that to try and work through it prior to the next pregnancy and birth experience. Yeah, that's a good answer. Can having a pre-existing mental health issue contribute to having a traumatic birth? We did quickly touch on this uh, a little bit earlier in terms of vulnerabilities and contributors to birth trauma. And definitely if you have a history of trauma, so those things that we mentioned earlier around sexual abuse, domestic violence, physical abuse can predispose or make you vulnerable to having a traumatic birth, as well as mental health issues such as anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's definitely... Some research around that and some links. Do you think that it's more likely if you have a mental health issue that you would have a birth trauma? I really think it depends on the individual, their specific circumstances, what their condition may be, the previous treatment or engagement they have, their support system Mm -hmm. and the strategies that they have to manage the difficulties. So if they've already got strategies in place around anxiety or low mood What are those strategies? How can they use them in the birthing suite? Mm -hmm. Can they use them postnatally as well to manage any difficulties that do occur? Yeah. What is the best way to address birth trauma? Usual pathways, using a mental health care
0: plan through a GP or something else?
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, We know that there's some long-term consequences for birth trauma. So there's an increased risk of postnatal depression. There's sexual and relationship difficulties. We also want to think about parent and infant relationship difficulties. So attachment type things. Um, some women may delay or choose not to have future children because of their birth trauma. And of course, the physical injuries that can occur that we haven't focused on today can really affect people's confidence and self-esteem. So would highly encourage you to seek support given those long-term consequences that can sort of come into play. If you think you have birth trauma... Please use the usual pathway. Speak to your GP, your obstetrician, a midwife or your maternal child health nurse. Generally, your GP would refer you to a psychologist using a mental health care plan. That means that Medicare rebates a number of sessions per calendar year for you. Um, most psychologists will charge a gap fee, so you will be out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about sort of finding a psychologist that you fit with you may need to try one or two you need to have trust in them and be able to develop a bit of a therapeutic relationship otherwise you're not going to get very far so Mm -hmm. it's okay to try a couple to find someone that you click with if you feel like seeing a psychologist isn't quite where you're at then I would really encourage you to engage with your social supports your partner if you feel able to talk to them if you don't is there a best friend is there someone else that you know um, that can really support you, reduce other stresses in your life so that you're becoming overwhelmed with multiple stresses. Um, and there's also things like if you're not exactly sure why things happened or why the birth went down a certain pathway in terms of medical interventions you can try and access your clinical notes there's different ways of doing that but then it can help you sort of fill in the gaps and have more of an understanding of why decisions may have been made I'd really encourage you to do that with the support of a health professional like your GP um, because they can help explain what different bits mean The other thing that's really great is uh, finding someone who has also had an experience of birth trauma. So peer support, peer mentorship is amazing. With any type of challenge that we go through, it's important to be able to have someone that we can have open and honest conversations with. Um, So the... Australasian Birth Trauma Association who I mentioned earlier Mm a bit of a mouthful (laughs) um have a peer mentorship program and that is people who have a lived experience of birth trauma who are then providing support to other women and that is an amazing amazing resource that you can go on and read the particular women's profile and so find someone that matches with your sort of experience in terms of physical or psychological trauma
0: yeah that's good to know what do you think is the importance of addressing birth trauma before having a second baby?
1: I think it's really, really important if it feels like it's important for you. Mm-hmm. So I guess everything that we've been speaking about needs to be applied to the specific individual and their circumstances. If you think about those, all of those psychological symptoms we spoke about earlier, so things like disrupted sleep, um, difficulties with our mood in terms of anxiety, anger, feeling numb, If you would like to be in the best place possible for you going into your subsequent pregnancy or birth, then it would be really helpful to begin to work through those things prior to that happening. It's also important to remember that that extreme fear of childbirth is a risk factor for birth trauma. So if you identify with any of those vulnerabilities that we know can lead to birth trauma and you've already got a history of birth trauma, then Mm. I think it makes sense to get some support.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's pretty important and crucial if you want to have a a, a good experience next time or a better experience next time. What's the best way for a support person to assist with birth
1: trauma both throughout labour and postpartum? Yeah this is an interesting question. Um, I've separated it into the two sort of sections Mm -hmm. and I think the tricky thing is that throughout labour we may not recognise personally that we're going to end up with an experience of birth trauma until the days or weeks following Mm labour. So it may not always be possible for our support person to notice that we're struggling or that something's happening that maybe end up being an adverse event or experience. Um, So that's really tricky in terms of picking up on some of the signs. And the other thing is that your support person may have a different outcome to you Because if we remember back to the definition, it's the emotional experience of the person with birth trauma. Mm -hmm. So if you and I, Tess, were in the labouring room together, I may come out with birth trauma because I felt like things were out of control and that I was unheard, whereas you may not come out with birth trauma because you didn't have those feelings associated with your experience. Mm -hmm. So to answer the question... (laughs) um, Try communication with your support person, talk about what your hopes are, what your fears might be and if they know your signs of distress or that you're becoming uncomfortable, then at least they have the knowledge and skills to be able to check in with you and sort of say, hey, how are you feeling? Ask some clarifying questions from the midwives or medical team, whoever it is that's sort of relevant for your experience and support you in that way. But, you know, unfortunately... It's the nature of birth trauma is that you may not feel the full impact until you're home and settled in with bubs. Yeah, uh, and then I guess in terms of postpartum support from your support person, again, checking in because we we may have really different experiences. I, as the birthing person, may have a different experience to my partner as the support person. So checking in with the female, not assuming that she feels the same way that you do and acknowledging that it's okay to have different feelings about the birth and that um, you're coping in different ways as well. So you may both see the impact on the birthing person but have different ways of coping with distress as well within your relationship. Um, Other things in terms of suggestions for family and friends to support postpartum with birth trauma is practical or physical help, Um, so taking some of that mental and physical load off the person so that they have more space to process and um, work through the challenges that they're facing. Being prepared in terms of triggers, so if there's something in particular that you can identify for the female that is challenging for her, so it might be Hearing someone else's birth story, it may be um, particular phrases being used, so thinking off the cuff... If people are talking about an unmedicated natural delivery but you've had an emergency cesarean, then those terms may be triggering. So if you, as a support person, are aware of those sort of phrases and terms that can be triggering and if the female suddenly becomes really distressed and upset and needs to escape the situation, um, then you've got her back. You've got support there. Mm-hmm. The other thing would be maybe supporting the birthing person in regards to going to doctor's appointments. Sometimes it can be difficult to take on all of the the information by ourselves so if they're open to having you going along with them particularly if there's physical injuries and there's steps to recovery and that type of thing or they're being given a mental health care plan and they've never seen a psychologist before that can be really daunting so if you can go along as a bit of moral support to also make some notes and remember things as well that can be super helpful. Um, But otherwise, I'd, again, sort of refer you back to the Australasian Birth Trauma Association. They've got some really good tips for family and friends on what to say and what not to say to someone who has suffered birth trauma. Interesting. I might link that um, in the show notes after this. I'll grab some information off you and anything you
0: think might be helpful and we'll link those below. Yeah, that's great. Do you see a trend in traumatic births throughout the pandemic and lockdowns?
1: Yeah, so this is having a COVID baby myself, a really interesting question. Um, Based on my clinical experience, it's too hard for me to tell. Uh, I have only worked in the perinatal space within the past sort of six months and prior to that was in a different sort of setting. So I haven't worked pre and, well, current COVID, I guess, so it's hard for me to anecdotally say whether there has been an increase. What I did sort of think about or have a look at was that the – Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists indicate that pregnancy and parenting are generally associated with anxiety and depression and the current COVID restrictions and environment will exacerbate the risk for women and their partners and families. So that definitely indicates that there's an increased risk Mm. and I guess um, this is a bit non-clinical but there was an article in the ABC News in September 2020 by... Um, Australia's provider of continuity of midwifery care called My Midwives and they said that they had seen higher level of intervention in birth as a a result of coronavirus or COVID and the suggestion was that because women are experiencing less control in their birthing environments and increased anxiety.
0: Yeah
1: makes sense doesn't it? Yeah and they're sort of that anxiety and the loss of control are two of the factors that we look out for in terms of um, feelings associated with birth trauma. Yeah, that makes so much sense. It's been a rough 18 months.
0: What would your advice be to someone who has experienced birth trauma?
1: Yeah, so this is, this is I feel like this is a massive question. It is. Um, <laughs> pressure's on. First off, remember that you're not alone. So uh, one in three is massive. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we lined up nine of us, then three out of that nine are going to have an experience of birth trauma. So really, really big numbers there. So you're not alone. Uh, it is a real thing. And if you're questioning whether your experience is enough to warrant the label or the suggestion that it's birth trauma, if you're even questioning that, then I would say you've been through a difficult experience. Mm-hmm. Those, sim- those experiences, those feelings, they're really valid and there is support available. Um, and things can improve, yeah. I think would be my other, my other advice. Things can improve. There are people out there who understand you're not alone and you are worthy and deserve to seek support.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I've got one more question for you
0: and it's just a personal one. What are your personal goals for the future? We well, are yeah, psychologists
1: don't usually give too much away, Yes, <laughs> Pretty good really? at keeping up our boundaries. Really? Um, but definitely... Like I mentioned earlier, we've got a little girl, Stevie, and we would love to expand our family. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I guess personally but professionally maybe, uh, I'd love to just continue developing my skills and experience in the area. Uh, My passion for perinatal mental health and parenting support is only growing and, yeah, I'd love to just continue to grow my knowledge around the area so that I can continue to support mums and dads Mm -hmm. um, in the best way possible. Mm -hmm
0: wonderful thank you so much for doing this if you're listening and you have resonated with anything megan has spoken about or you feel like you want to seek some help and need some resources you can find megan at the center of perinatal health and parenting um otherwise like i said we'll link some resources and anything you think would be helpful thank you so much for doing this on a sunday on your day off you're a mom i really really appreciate it thanks for having me nice to see you thank you thank you all right bye bye Thank you for listening to the interview. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you follow us on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast, turn on the notification bell so you never miss an episode and leave a review. See you next week. Bye bye.